You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Rousseau up here, excited to be joined by Joe Bala, who is in many ways the godfather of NLC LA, one of the original OGs who helped get the chapter off the ground. We'll catch up with him. He's back in LA and always love to hear old school NLC stories. So let's get to it. All right, Jed, how long have you been back in Los Angeles? I have been back in LA uh, for about a year and a half now. I'm still settling in, moving in from San Francisco. So where do you stand on the San Francisco, LA battles and wars? What's your what's your take on the Bay versus living down here? Oh, yeah. I get that so much. <laughs> uh, the answer is I love them both. And, and hear me out. Hear me <laughs> out. It's apples and oranges. And, and it ties very well into why the LA chapter exists. Okay. Um, Look, SF has uh, has this completely different type of natural beauty that LA uh, LA has a very different set. Um, the industries are completely different. Uh, you can even argue there's too much of a tech monoculture in SF, but I like tech, so it doesn't really matter. Um, the way people approach their lifestyles and health are very different. I think California in general is very healthy, but they're very different. Uh, and they're both daytime centric, uh, if you compare them to New York, which is why I like them better than living out in the East Coast. So that's all great. But um, I mean, to tie into why the LA chapter existed in the first place, in 2008, uh, I was living in LA, but I was a San Francisco fellow. Uh, and I would drive up um, oh, for wow. the Institute. Um, and it was at the end of the Institute that uh, I spoke to Adam, uh, the one of the founders of, of NLC, about starting an LA chapter as he was thinking about expanding expanding the chapters. Um, and the big the big plug was LA uh, San Francisco cannot represent California in terms of our uh, progressive politics. That's mm -hmm. that's not fair. And NLC took this even further by making an East Bay chapter. That's that makes a lot of sense too. But LA is so much so much differently diverse uh, and deals with a different, a completely different set of issues. Has a different legacy of activism. Uh, it just can't even be compared uh, to to what's going on in San Francisco. So that was the main um, push for even having an LA chapter in the first place. So it's not better. It's just, uh, you know, another piece. <laughs> so when you came down here to start the chapter, like who, who was in your network that you felt like would be good to start things with? You know, I think a lot of people uh, don't know the early, early years of, of NLC uh, and kind of assume it, it started, it, most of the time people assume it started with their own chapter, but um yeah, who was who was around? Like, who were you trying to grab? What kind of view, viewpoints were you trying to have it baked into the DNA of of the NLC chapter here to start with? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it was the toughest thing for me because I uh, had not lived in LA very long before starting the chapter, and also I frankly wasn't very involved in local politics. I wasn't involved in local politics at all. Um, my background in politics was interning for Senator Feinstein in college. <laughs> I mean, that kind of cred is 
is not enough to start a chapter. So I leaned heavily on Adam Borelli. He, very unlike me, has been very engaged in progressive politics since since high school and then really supercharged his... uh, um, his his activity uh, in college, so he already knew a lot of people in uh, in LA at least to get started. And then, of course, the the connections he had in SF, they always knew someone else. Mm-hmm. So uh, the way it the way it started is, you know, June two thousand eight, Adam Borelli, Noah Doyle, Mike Michella kind of approved my proposal to develop the uh, the branch, but I didn't really know anybody. Uh, but we set a, we set a target and that was very motivating for me. Um, we basically set a target for you know, a year from a year from, from our agreement, we would have uh, a full advisory board, uh, and we'd get started with, uh, with an Institute and they were, they were very good about connecting me with folks who were in the young Democrats in LA uh, and people who were connected with maybe SF politics who also had moved to LA, but that was not, that was, that was pretty one-sided in Mm -hmm. terms of creating an advisory board. So it was only after talking to a few of those LA young Dems, um, uh, and more politicos that I was able to ask them questions like, all right, do you, who do you know who, who's in writing, who's in teaching, who's in film, who's in community organizing? Uh, who's in banking. Uh, and that, it, it really grew out organically from just a very, very small handful of people who I was only connected to for, uh, originally from, frankly, Adam. I still remember being on the phone with him, <laughs> writing down like four names, yeah. um, Dante, Atkins, sure. uh, Doton, all these, all these folks um, who are wonderful. And uh, they ended up helping us round out the, uh, the full board, but we ended up doing it in a very short period of time as a result of their efforts. Um, when they signed on and they knew the diversity we wanted on the, on the board, we were able to get people, get 25 board members signed up within three months. And that, that December, 2008, we, we launched the Institute. Um, we launched the application process and we got going and we're really proud of that for LA and something I haven't really talked about since then, but that that playbook of putting together the board that quickly um, with a certain decks and coffee conversations uh, and getting the selection process done that quickly, um, that that was a bit of a, a it might have not been a written playbook, but it was a verbal playbook uh, when we talked about expansion beyond uh, beyond the original chapters. So that was really I was really proud of being able to contribute to that. At, as well as the other um, the, the efforts that was happening in D.C., Boston, New- and New York at the same time. So then, once the fellows showed up for that first institute in in '09, like, what do you remember about what went well? What do you remember about logistical mishaps or, or things kind of going sideways? I'm sure since it was the first run, there was a lot of twists and turns that you didn't expect. Like, what actually happened in that first year? Yeah. So. Uh, it was um, very chaotic <laughs> and and uh, and expensive, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I made I trying to lead an organization that is completely volunteer based, and you know this very well. And frankly, anyone 
listening to this, who's part of the NLC community, understands this very well. Um, you have to lead very differently. And my experience up until that point, I mean, I was working at an aerospace manufacturing company at the same time. My, uh, the levers I can pull to get things done are very different in the private sector mm. than uh, when, I'm, when I've been begging these advisory board members to, to join on and then ask them to do very menial tasks. <laughs> uh, and then trying to have a balance between the advisory board members who are there because they help us in terms of connections, but don't want to do any work. And then you have others who are very energetic, very passionate, and are willing to do the work. You have to keep both sides um, motivated. And so that was very difficult. And what I ended up doing in, as a spry 23-year-old or whatever is I just started doing all the work myself. I, I tried to bypass the learnings at the beginning uh, and all the hard things and all the hard conversations and requests by just completely dumping all of the logistics, planning, um, reaching out to um, speakers and presenters uh, uh, by myself uh, in my spare time. And that was, that was a not sustainable uh, way to do it. That is not to downplay the work that um, very energetic other board members um, gave, uh, all the work that they, they put in, uh, not at all. I'm just pointing out the the part that I should have done differently. I should have actually leaned on them even more because they had the capacity and willingness to do it, but I wasn't willing to ask uh, because it was too hard. It wasn't, it was unnatural for me. I didn't know exactly how to be that directive mm. uh, and, and share that vision of what it should look like. So in in the absence of having a, a good vision at the beginning, I was just going to do all the mistakes myself and kind of cover it up um, and figure, well, as long as the fellows are having a good experience, uh, they don't need how to see how the sausage is made yeah. and uh, I'll figure it out later. Um, but it was very, very chaotic in the background. And we ended up, you know, simple mistakes like uh, it, it usually came down to cost. I mean, because I, I was doing things last minute on on donations for food and, and coffee. You know that ended up being overly expensive at the beginning. Or um, uh, speakers would fall through, or they would have a speaker fee, and I didn't know about it until the last minute. Like these are the kind of really silly mistakes um, I was making at the beginning. Uh, when it, the, the 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 flip side of all of this, or the thing that made this all worth it, was we just hit it out of the park in terms of selecting the fellows. Mm. So that, that first set of uh, fellows for LA in LA was diverse and energetic and just mind, but those people were mind blowingly accomplished uh, and they were ready to go. They gelled immediately. Um, I just, it, this was, this was now 2009 so Obama had just been um, elected president. So there was a there was an energy uh, energy in the room that uh, they brought that covered up all of my mistakes. Uh, <laughs> it was it was great. Nice. When we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the early years of NLC and talk a little bit more about what Joe does for a living. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Zag. We'll be right back. So I know each time I see you and there's other alums around, I ask you to tell the story, but we'll do it here since we actually have a 
recording going on. But then what is the the origin of ending up at the Tennis Channel? I, I knew you were going to ask People always ask. They want to know. Yeah, yeah. It is um, – well, guys, it comes down to Ken Solomon. Uh, Ken Solomon, he's CEO of the Tennis Channel. And uh, in, my, in my efforts to uh, engage in local politics in L.A. and just uh, – just build a little bit more credibility to, for myself uh, and for NLC as it was just getting started. I was trying to go to these different fundraisers, and uh, there was a there was a woman running for um, uh, for a position. Uh, I can't remember exactly right now, uh, but in in the local local government, and uh, Ken Solomon was hosting uh, hosting the fundraiser. Um, so I went to his house and. Didn't know anybody, but, you know, the least I could do, uh, was, uh, you know, it, it not being completely silent the whole time is I could thank the host. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a pretty low bar, uh, for the, you know, uh, say hi to the guy who let us in his house. Uh, so he was gregarious and so, so accommodating. Uh, and he asked it, you know, he asked about what I did and I, I had my, by that time I had interviewed enough, uh, you know, potential board members that I had my NLC pitched down pretty, pretty well. Um, and, uh, he, he talked a little bit about the tennis channel and he just, he gave an open invitation of like, you know, what can I do to help? And I said, well, something like this, just, uh, just hosting us uh, in your facility would be great. Um, the, the original, original Institute, um, the first year of Institute was not at the tennis channel. We actually here. Uh, the first year was at a place that one of our board members, uh, Tessa Petrich, uh, uh, her work, but then she moved, <laughs> uh, she moved to the Bay area. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe that makes us not like the Bay area as much as we should. Um, but so they, they took a, they took her away. And at that particular moment I needed a, I needed space. So he opened the doors, uh, connected us with their facilities person, uh, they were just extremely accommodating. Um, it's, it, it, you know, it's in the central location. Um, and, uh, over, over time, uh, Ken, at least at the beginning would, you know, he would come in once in a while, uh, and say, say hi to the group and see the group. I still remember him. He would, he would have these, these, uh, these long stories about going to different fundraising events for, for the Obama campaign, um, he also taught, I still remember him talking about how he wanted to host this like young upstart, uh, Newark mayor, Cory Booker. Uh, and so he brought, he brought a lot of energy, uh, to, to the group, not just, you know, he didn't just kind of give us this, uh, this room. I think from my understanding today is tennis channel, um, you know, just kind of lets us in now and, and we don't have as much of a, of a back and forth with Ken, but, uh, it all started with him. Um, and, and his generosity. So, uh, yeah, that's wild. So, what's it like? And I'm doing a little bit, a little bit of this reflection too, since I'm retired and stepped away a little bit from the chapter. But what's it like to see something that you put so much time into, and it was so young and in such a stage of infancy, be so expansive, uh, both in the city and nationally? Now, what's that like looking back uh, to where you started and to seeing what things have become now? Yeah, that is a, uh, that's quite a thing. Um, 
I was just watching uh, some some photos pop up on on Instagram of of the the uh, the NLC national uh, event where you, where we had these now presidential candidates speaking and mm. Mayor yeah. Pete speaking and I, I just I don't know if I can put this into words like how um, satisfying that is uh, and and also satisfying a little bit and I'd actually love your take on this too. Um, to have stepped away. Um, I mean, most, I don't know, most LA, LA chapter folks probably don't know me and that's fine. Um, I actually, I, I feel um, a lot of gratitude for the experience, particularly because uh, I, I stepped away and I was able to watch from afar uh, other people take full ownership of the chapter and, you know, the selection process has only brought uh, more and more incredible people into the, into the chapter. Um, I, I will say, I, I know your question is a little bit more about expansive NLC wide. Um, I'm pretty myopic in terms of my reflection <laughs> of NLC. I, I really just think about Los Angeles. Um, yeah. I'm not as connected to the national, um, to the growth on a national level. Uh, so that's a better question for someone else. But when I when I when I'm on those NLC alumni emails, LA alumni emails, uh, and see the um, job postings, the you know the the uh, call for actions, um, the very kind of activist uh, uh, culture that the LA chapter has, uh, it's something that I know I did not bring because I I am not an activist. I, I wish I, I should be. Um, but there are certain, there's a certain culture that the LA chapter has that it is, is, was created by a lot of other people since, since I was, um, participating in it. And I find that very, very satisfying that I was able to be part of lighting a match that had a completely different, um, uh, I don't want to keep going with the wildfire metaphor cause that probably, it's not appropriate, but, uh, but to, to build something that's so great and so much further beyond, uh, my abilities, um, what I could bring. That's, that's very special. Yeah. Hey, last thing. So you've been back in LA about a year and a half. Tell folks what you do for a living and, and what you're kind of excited about to kind of put your roots back down here. Yeah. So I moved back, uh, to LA uh, from San Francisco to uh, to run our family business. Uh, we, when I graduated college, uh, we bought this company uh, called LA Gage Company. Uh, it was uh, kind of in dire straits at the time, uh, and it was a turnaround. It's a aerospace machining uh, company that focuses on precision machining of exotic materials. Uh, particularly beryllium, titanium, all these different components. And they go into uh, some incredible applications. Uh, they go into satellite components. They go into defense components. They go into uh, nuclear fusion reactors that are being tested out in, uh, in Europe. Uh, so I'm the, I'm the chief operating officer and, and co-owner of, uh, of the company. And uh, we have about 85 employees. Uh, we've We've grown from when we bought the company, I think there were only 35 employees. Uh, it, it's an incredibly passionate group of, of laborers, of engineers, of quality, uh, quality engineers, of just incredible people who are so committed to um, 
the programs that we that we feed into, but also uh, putting food on the table. And so it's been a very satisfying experience so far to focus on growth of a company that has a ton of diversity um, and uh, really puts food on the table for 85, 85 families. That's, uh, that's really, really exciting for our family and for me. So I've gotten passionate about that. I continue to be connected to uh, the tech scene in, in the Bay Area on a much more informal basis. Uh, so we've been looking at a lot of investing opportunities up there. I still have my, my, my place up there. Uh, I've rented it out, um, but, but I, I still make a lot of treks up, up and down the coast. Um, I, I still feel, uh, like a fish out of water sometimes here in LA. Uh, I think it's a, it's a place where you have to put a lot of energy into, to build a community or in my case, maybe rebuild a community. So that's something I'm spending a lot of time thinking about and trying to, trying to do down here, but I, I love it. Um, it has been, uh, such a blessing to be down here, uh, working, working with my dad and, uh, working it, working in aerospace. It's been fun. Love it. Well, listen, thanks for uh, coming on. Thanks for all your contributions, of course, to the chapter. And I think you're right. You definitely set a foundation that made it super easy for, for myself and for everyone else who who's come after to keep the chapter going. And we're excited to see where it goes from here. And if you want to check out all the amazing progressives that have come through, uh, not only NLC LA, but NLC in general, you can find a ton of Zag episodes. There's about 140 and all the places where you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, they're all there. So check those out. And until next time, we'll catch you soon.